if you have your Bible, turn with me to James chapter 1, verse... James chapter 1, verse 2. James chapter 1, verse 2. Are you guys with me? Yes. Okay. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. There are some tests that God leads you through. See, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, pray like this, pray to the Father that you are not, you know, uh, you're not taken through temptations so that you'll be delivered from temptations. Right? But there are some tests that are God-ordained. Genesis chapter 22, God tested Abraham and he said, there are some tests that are ordained by God. Some tests. Why, Why are some tests ordained by God? So that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Or in other words, the testing of your faith produces endurance, perseverance, some of you, you need to go through test so that it produces endurance within you. See, if, if you have, if you are preparing for a marathon, which is about 50 kilometers or 100 kilometers, you can't just do it, you know, waking up on the day of the event and start running. You need to practice. You need to exercise. You need to put your body through training, through exercise, so that you, your body has endurance, has enduring strength to finish that race. We are on a big marathon. Not 50 kilometers, but we are a big marathon for at least 120 years. It's a big marathon, right? And to complete that, you need a lot of enduring strength. A lot of people give up. The day they retire from the offices, they give up. They give up on life. But if you won't give up, because the Holy Spirit needs flesh, and He shall pour out His Spirit on all flesh, you are, you are useless to the kingdom if you die, in that sense. If God wants to do something here, right here on earth, he needs you. And he needs you alive here. So we need enduring strength to go through trials, to go through tests so that, so that, you know, we'll, we'll come out not giving up. We'll come out strong. We'll come out, uh, we'll come out in greater glory. Endurance is what we need. You need endurance. You need endurance to complete the race. Right? And that's why you need to go through testing. We have to go through testing. Nobody likes test. There are days, even now when I wake up in the morning and I have to calm myself and tell, me, tell myself, Sam, it was just a dream. And what was the dream about? That I'm writing exams. 
It's a nightmare. Writing exams, always hated it. You know, the last time I wrote exams was 10 years ago. But I still have nightmares of writing exams. See, Blessy is awesome at writing exams because every week she writes exams, you know. So she, she's, she's, she's overcome that fear. Endurance, you know. So testing of your faith produces endurance. Testing of your faith produces endurance. Okay. So what was I saying? There are some tests that God specifically takes you through so that you can come out enduring. Uh, something that I was thinking about in the morning was the strongest aspect of your faith is the one that is still standing after a test. The remaining faith after you've been just tested, after you've just gone through a huge trial, that's the strongest faith. That's kingdom faith. Okay? So, when Jesus got baptized, the first thing that the Holy Spirit did was lead him into the wilderness to be tested. I thought, when I was a child, I thought that the Holy Spirit led Jesus for fasting. Because you, you do fast, right? Before, before any missionary mission trip, you fast to hear God, right? But the Holy Spirit led Jesus to be tempted. It was in response to the temptation that Jesus started fasting. It was in response to the temptation that Jesus started fasting and praying. But Jesus was specifically taken to the wilderness to be tempted, to be tested. Now, I know that you know the story, but the passage is in Luke chapter 4, okay, for reference, Luke chapter 4. You know what was the first temptation that Jesus had? The first temptation. When he was hungry, when he was most vulnerable, he was physically exhausted, the devil comes to Jesus and say, Hey, if you are the son of God, turn the stone into bread. Now my question to you is, how is that a temptation? Is it a sin to turn a stone into a bread? Then how is that a temptation? Because the temptation is not specifically on eating. The temptation was if you are the son of God. The temptation was to make Jesus doubt who he is. Okay? It was to question his identity. It was an attack on his identity. Because the devil knows if Jesus could lose his identity, his whole purpose on the earth is gone, finished. It's done for. He was questioning his identity. You know, just before Jesus was taken to the cross, I think it is, it is in John 13, right? Where he takes off his outer garments 
and he serves his disciples by washing their feet. That's like the highest form of humility that we see. Is that correct? But see what happens. John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God. So what, what are the three things that Jesus knew? Jesus, one, he knew that all things had been given to him by God. So he knew what he had. In the moment, he was aware of his present reality. He knew where he's coming from. Where is he coming from? From God. So he knew about his past reality. He knows where he is going. He knows about his future reality. He's so secured in his past, present, future. He's so secured in the identity that he has. I'm coming from God. Everything that I have is from God. And I'm going to God. There's nothing that can attack my identity. I'm not insecure. The next verse says, He rose from supper, he laid out aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. It's the knowledge of who he is, is what empowered him to serve. It's the knowledge of who he is, that empowered him to serve. That's why Jesus was not ashamed on taking the posture of a servant because he knew who he was. He didn't have to prove to anybody. He didn't have to wear expensive clothes to prove that he is sorted. He knew he was sorted. His identity was so secured in God that empowered him to serve. And it is because of this identity that the devil is so scared that right at the beginning, even before Jesus starts his ministry, the devil is coming to attack him. And he says, hey, if you are the son of God, turn the stone into bread. If you are the son of God. Because he wants to confuse you. Isn't this the same temptation that we have? Are you sure you're the son of God? You just got angry at that person. You just lost your temper. You just lost patience. You just said the word. Are you sure you're the son of God? Are you sure the daughter of God? Look at Jesus' response. Luke chapter 4. How does he respond? He says, it is written. Say with me, it is written. See, the beauty of Jesus is, even though he is God, when he came to us, when he became flesh, he behaved like flesh. He could have used his godly powers and, you know, he could have thrown fireballs at him and destroyed him then and there. But he behaved as a man. And the first thing he says is, it is written. And I believe one of the reasons why this temptation is recorded in the Bible is for us 
to take this as a model that when the devil comes to tempt us and attack us, that we don't respond any other way other than saying, it is written. It is written. You know, you might have had many encounters, right? You've probably seen third heaven. You probably heard the voice of the Lord. All of those encounters, great. But when you go through temptations, if your stand against devil is not on what is written, he will confuse you. He will twist your encounters. He will twist your experiences. But your, if your reasoning, if your stand is on what is written, you will stand firm. You will endure the test. You will endure the test. So Jesus says, it is written. What did he say? It is written. What is written? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when the devil comes and says, hey, can you turn the stone into bread? He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by money alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by salary alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, your, your companies are firing people, right? Put your company's name. Man shall not live by that company, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay? They are not our source. God is. These sources are temporary and they might outrun themselves. But God, He's faithful. He stands strong. Now, my question is, when the devil came to attack Jesus of his identity and he said, if you are the son of God, why is Jesus holding on to this word which says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Why did he say that word? Do you know why he said that word? Why he said that exact word? Okay, now come with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I'm slow today, okay guys, because I'm preparing as I'm going. So bear with me, I believe the Holy Spirit is leading us somewhere. Are you guys with me? Okay, uh, Luke chapter 8 was... 11 and 12. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. This is the first ground which Jesus talks about in the parable of the sower, which is the wayside. The seed that, that was thrown on the wayside on the road what happens to that is the birds come pick it up and eat it and how jesus interprets it is you know these people they have heard the word but the devil has come and he has snatched the word from them okay the devil has come and snatched the word now matthew 13 
which talks about the same parable, which mentions the same parable. In Matthew 13, Jesus says very clearly the reason why the devil is able to snatch the word from them. The reason is because they lack understanding. So when you hear the word and if you don't understand the word, the devil can come and snatch that word from you. And it will stop from producing the word in your life. Lack of understanding can get the word stolen from within you. Your, did you know that your greatest spiritual warfare is happening right now as you hear God's word? Because whatever word you don't understand, there's lack of understanding. The devil comes and snatches it away. Because he is scared of what that word can do in your life. Because that word has a potential to become bigger. Because word is like a seed. It can become a plant and then it can grow 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold fruit. So the devil is scared of what the word can do in your life. That's why during... While you're hearing, he comes and attacks and he steals the word. Because if he can steal the word, he can destroy you. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. What does he steal? He comes to steal the word. If he can steal the word from you, he can kill and he can destroy you. You know, I was doing a Greek study on the word understand. Interestingly, I found that same word is used for conceive, conception, conceiving. You know, when a woman conceives is the time when she receives the seed. It's the same word understand. When we don't understand the word, what happens? We are not conceived with the word and the devil can come and steal it. Are you guys with me? Yes. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, natural man does not understand spiritual things. It takes a spiritual mind to understand spiritual things. So, there's a spiritual understanding that you require when you're hearing God's word. There's a spiritual understanding that you require. It's not natural understanding, right? So you might begin by being that person who is receiving the word like the one who is on a wayside. You might begin there, but you can move to the next level. How is uh, spiritual understanding comes through faith? Spiritual understanding comes through faith. How do I know that? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. By faith we understand that the word created all things that we see. That all things that we see in the visible came from the invisible and it was the word that created it. Is it what it says? Hebrews 11 verse 3. Right? By faith we understand. So faith brings spiritual understanding. But how does faith come? By hearing God's word. That's why even if you lack understanding, okay, and you heard God's word and the devil came and st stole that word from you, it's fine. Come back again and hear God's word. 
keep coming back and hear God's word because faith comes by hearing God's word and as faith comes, it brings spiritual understanding. That's why fellowship is so important. So it doesn't matter where you, where you started your walk with the Lord. What matters is if you remain consistent in being, you know, in, in, in being committed to hearing God's word and coming to fellowship, that atmosphere will bring in understanding. That's spiritual understanding. Okay, so the more you understand, the more you're able to receive God's word in your heart. And the more you receive God's heart, or God's word, it is going to bring forth fruit. So it doesn't matter what happened two weeks ago. The devil came and stole that word. It doesn't matter. You keep coming and keep hearing God's word. It will change. Your life will change. It has to change. So when you lack understanding, that is when the devil comes in, steals the word. What is one of the evidence that you have understanding? The evidence is that you receive the word with joy. One of the evidence that you've received the word is joy. Because if you compare it with the second ground, with the one with rocky, the rocky ground where the seed, you know, came to the rocky ground and there was some root, it received with joy. That means it had some understanding. So the evidence of understanding is joy. Joy. Hebrews 12 verse 2, looking at the author and perfecter of our faith, look at Jesus for who endured the cross because of the joy that he saw. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You want endurance? The first thing is you need understanding, spiritual understanding. The second thing is you need joy. Spiritual understanding, joy, Gives you endurance. Endurance to go through. To finish the race completely. End to end. Amen. So. Here we are. Jesus. And the devil comes. And says tempts him. If you are the son of God. He's trying to attack his identity. Confuse him. Make him doubt. Why does he do that? Because just before Jesus came to the wilderness, he's coming from being baptized. And when he was being baptized, he heard God say, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So that's the word that he has received from the Lord. Right? It's a personal word. Nobody else heard it. Only him, he heard it. There's a personal word that you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So he got that word and now he's being tempted. Why is he being tempted? He's being tempted for the word that he received. Do you know why you go through tests? Do you know why God leads you through tests? Is because of the word that you've received. So that that word will endure and it will produce endurance, steadfastness, perseverance. The word that has gone through the test is the word that will sustain you. So he heard the word, if you, sorry, he heard the word, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And now he's going 
for the temptation for 40 days and 40 nights he's been bombarded by temptation we only know about the three instances but the bible says he was tempted throughout 40 days and 40 nights throughout and the devil is trying to attack his identity again and again again and again again and again and jesus says hey i shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god basically jesus is saying i still remember what god told me it was 40 days ago but it is still ringing in my ear as if it was just a second away why because he kept meditating on that word he kept meditating on that word that god received that that he received from god but you know what's the interesting thing is the devil is such a liar when he came to jesus he did not use the word beloved he wanted to steal that word from jesus right he wanted to steal that word that he received beloved this you're my beloved in whom i am well pleased because he knew that word was enough for him to carry on to take him forward for th- his three and a half years of ministry you know according to the worldly standards if you see jesus should have been the most depressed person by the end of his ministry no crowd people who called him messiah wanted to crown him king they're the same people who want to crucify him the disciples whom he invested his sweat and energy none of them were there when he needed him the most like if if you did like you know if you did like a matrix you know performance test on jesus ministry it was not going uphill it was going down he he should have been more depressed that's why he needed to hear that word this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased regardless of how successful your ministry is i am well pleased by you he heard that even before he started his ministry he didn't do anything he didn't heal one sick person and god says you're my beloved son no you're my beloved son it's not what you do that pleases me i am pleased because of who you are and you belong to me you have to change the paradigm of your thinking from attaching your identity to your purpose have you seen a horse cart if the horse cart needs to go forward you need to keep the horse before the cart you can't keep the horse behind the cart and expect it to move forward a lot of us we struggle with identity is because we have attached our identity with our purpose oh i i'm a i'm a doctor because because you know i give prescriptions i am an engineer because i solve problems you know i am this and that and your purpose has become your identity and that is what is stealing your joy when if you can be like jesus where your identity is knowing that you belong to him that you've come from god that everything that god has you have and you're going back to god if you can be rest assured in your identity and the purpose that you have comes from an overflow of that identity then that cart will move forward otherwise you'll get burnt out oh i've been doing ministry and somehow 
somehow make the growth of the ministry part of your identity, it is going to really burn you out. How many of you can hear God's voice? Can you hear God? Yeah? I mean, if you're hearing my words, if you can hear God's word, if you can read through scriptures and the Holy Spirit can speak to you, that means you can hear God's word. My sheep hears my voice. Do you know what a great win it is that you can hear God's word? And if you can do God's word, that's another great win. Can you be satisfied in knowing that I heard God and I did what he said? Can you be just satisfied in just knowing that? I heard God and I did what he said. I don't know why the results were like that because it's not for you to judge. You know, in the kingdom, it's very hard to, to really judge your growth or to even judge the impact of what God asked you to do. It's very, it's, it's very difficult. And we, we try to take this from the world and we try to put metrics in it and try to judge uh, the impact that God is doing through us. And then we get disappointed. We get frustrated. But can you be content in just knowing I heard God and I did what he said? Success is obedience. Success is not these fancy things. And I'm saying these fancy things will follow. See, ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added, but that's not the thing. It shall be added. We don't pursue them. You will be blessed. Riches will come to you. You will, you know, you, you will have overflowing emotions and your hearts will be flowing with joy. Yes. But that's not what we are running after. We heard God and we did it. That's what Jesus said. I do whatever I see my father doing. And that was successful. That was good enough. Am I making sense? Let me contextualize for you. You're believing for that promotion. And God said, do, you know, God said, uh, Sow a seed to the church. And you sowed a seed to the church. Now you're believing for promotion. What if the promotion didn't happen? God, you told me to sow a seed. Will you be content in knowing that you heard God? Which is a big win. Not a lot of people can hear God. And be content in knowing that you obeyed God. Just that. It didn't happen. I don't know. But I still believe God is good and I still know that he'll take care of everything that I need. And not validate, not validate your obedience by the success measure of the world. Just let it go. The third ground is that ground which gets choked by the cares of the world and the deceit that comes from the riches. 
Because you got the word and you're waiting for the word to bring forth fruit, but the word is not bringing forth fruit. So you get frustrated and you see other people. I heard the same word I did exactly, but Ashish has more results than me. Am I making sense? Success is obedience. If you heard God's word and you did it, you need to be rest assured that God will take care of you. Will take care of you. Yeah, you were waiting for that promotion. It didn't come through. So what? God is still good and he still has great things for you. He has greater things. Instead of, instead of saying, oh, this didn't work, in, instead of being disappointed with that, be like, wow, God has something more, much better than this. That proposal didn't work for you. The girl said, no. Wow, God has someone better for me in the context of arranged marriages in India where you get rejected. But don't let that rejection, don't let that failure stop you from hearing God again and obeying Him. Going all throughout. You don't need to understand why. Lord, why this did not happen? If you can get yourself out from that whole why, that God needs to come and make you understand. Beta, this is why it didn't work out. We'll, we'll save so much of time. If we could just believe, oh, this doesn't work out, but faith brings understanding. What is the understanding? That his word is enough. He said it, I did it. Great. I move on to the next thing. He said it, I did it. And you move on, move on to the next thing. Don't get stuck holding a pity party. I don't know. I did everything. God, Why? Move on. Because there you're putting your faith in God. You're not putting your faith in the results. You're not putting your faith in the things that come. Those are side, you know, those are like complementary things. Hallelujah. Can I say this? If you're hearing God's word to get things, you'll get disappointed. Not that the word will not get you things. Okay? But if the focus of hearing God's word is to get things. Oh, I need a PhD. I need that promotion. I need to get married. If that is a focus, you will get frustrated. Because how the word works is the word works in you to make you the person that gets things. There's a difference. You want a teaching job, you need to become a teacher. You can't expect to have a teaching job without being a teacher. Does that make sense? Similarly, the word will make you the thing that you need to become so that these things come to you. When you become these things, these things will follow you. A lot of times we are like disappointed because these, these, these things did not come. I prayed, I heard the word, I applied the word, I obeyed, but 
It's not happening, man, because you still haven't become that person. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. Shall be added. So when you apply God's word, you become that person where these things will follow. Because if these things come before, come before you actually becoming that person who is mature enough to handle these things, they will crush you. So God in his mercy does not do that. He waits for maturity to step in. That's why you need patience. Patience to bear fruit. So are you wondering, oh Lord, I've been waiting for so many years and it's not working out. Trust him. You're becoming there. You're getting there. You're becoming that person. Because once you become that person, because the word will change you as a person. Once the word changes you as a person, things come. You don't get what you want. You get who you are. Oh, I want a car. But do you know driving? You know what I'm saying? So the word, you, you, we listen to the word with the intention of becoming the word. Becoming like Jesus. If that's the intention, all these things will follow. See, worldly riches and kingdom riches look the same. At the end, it's paisa. It looks the same. But the difference is the source from where it comes. And that makes all the difference. You see, people with worldly riches, they have a star mark, terms and conditions applied. But the Bible says, God adds no sorrow to whom he blesses. Okay? Worldly peace, kingdom peace, looks the same. But the source is different. And because of which, the impact is different. All of these things may look the same. People from the outside, they might think, oh, it's the same, but it's not the same because the source is different. You focus on Jesus. You focus on hearing the word. Keep feeding on his word and keep doing it and be content in knowing you heard the word and you did it. You heard the word and you did it. That in itself is success. I'm going to take it one day at a time. Did I hear the word today? Yes. Did I obey God's word? Yes. Awesome. Now you can sleep well. Don't have to worry about my next five-year plan and, you know, elaborately. You know, if God is leading you to dream in that sense, go for it. But what I'm saying is sometimes we put so much of effort in planning so much and then get disappointed, God. And then we blame God for it. Take one day at a time. Rejoice in the fact that your name is written in heaven. Rejoice in the fact that you're a new creation. You know, these things should be the ones that is driving us so that we can fulfill the purpose that God has for us. Amen. Basic stuff. But powerful stuff. Deep and profound. Amen. So keep feeding God's word. Keep hearing God's word. And the word is like a seed. So it will, it will bring fruit. 
it will bring fruit. There's no way that it will not. Amen.